0: Good evening, I've been practicing that line all day. I wanted to say good morning, okay, my brain was saying good morning. Tonight, we're here to worship the savior of the entire world, the one that was a sacrifice for the sins of the world. And so we're gonna spend some time reflecting tonight on those last moments before Jesus died on the cross, the last things that happened to him, And then what he said as he died. So today we're going to be in the book of John. And if you can turn with me to John chapter 19. But first I want to pray over this time we have together. We're going to have a short devotion. And so it's going to be really quick. But we're going to be in John chapter 19 starting in verse 16. Heavenly Father, we come before you and we know that... That we don't measure up. And that that sometimes we miss the mark. We completely say the wrong thing or do the wrong thing. Or we don't help someone when we should. But Lord, tonight we're reflecting on that perfect sacrifice of Jesus Christ. The one that helped when he should have. Said something when he should have the one that listened when other people needed that. Heavenly Father, we just, we come before you and as we read your word tonight, help us to remember that what Jesus accomplished on the cross, it's finished. It's finished. We say all this in Jesus' name, amen. So if you're in John chapter 19, I'm going to jump around a little bit, but I'm going, to, I'm going to read verse 16. Because verse 16 is really, really important. It says, So they delivered him to be crucified, so they took Jesus. They took him. And then verse 19, you hear about this guy named Pilate. And Pilate says, Pilate also wrote, wrote an inscription and put it on the cross. It read, Jesus of Nazareth, the king of the Jews... Many Jews read this inscription for the place where Jesus was crucified was near the city as it is written in Aramaic, in Latin, and in Greek. So the chief priests of the Jews said to Pilate, Do not write king of the Jews, but rather say, This man said, I am king of the Jews. Pilate answered, I have written what I have written. Then the soldiers, and when, when, the, soldiers had that had, when the soldiers had crucified Jesus, And then I'm going to go all the way down to verse 28. Verse 28. After this, Jesus, knowing that all was now finished, he said to fulfill scripture, I thirst. A jar full of sour wine stood there, so they put a sponge full of the sour wine on a hyssop branch and held it to his mouth. When Jesus had received the sour wine, he said, it is finished. And then he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. I've read this passage quite a few times in my lifetime. One of the things that I've read pretty consistently is that end part where it says, it is finished. When, when Jesus was humiliated, I mean, if we go through the steps right before the crucifixion, there's a few things that happen. One is the title, the King of the Jews. The title of the King of the Jews is to mock Jesus, that's the first humiliation. When it, was, when it was really small, that's a small title compared to King of Kings and Lord of Lords, which is his true title. The greatest king of all eternity, the one that rules forever. But they wrote, King of the Jews. Then his clothing is sold. Can you imagine being there with a person being crucified, not dead, and they're, they're essentially dividing up his clothing That's the second part of humiliation, and they're gambling for it. And this is after, even before this, he was beaten. And it says in the the Gospels that he didn't even look like a man anymore. He was beaten so bad. And so then they offer him sour wine because he needs something to drink. And he says, it's finished. Sometimes we read something's finished, and we think there's some finality to it. But there's even more finality to what he says here. If you, t- if you take the original language, it literally means it is finished and it will always be finished. It's the complete finality. The, the, there's nothing more that you need. So what's finished? What's the it? My kids have asked me that before. But what, what's it? What, what do you, what's it? And it was the law that the Jews were held to. He fulfilled the law, it says in Scripture. It, he fulfilled the, the moment of the most hopeless moment in all of eternity. The darkness on that day. He, he, he fulfilled the, the, the need before that to provide physical sacrifice for things that we did wrong. And it also was a cry of victory. It was a cry of victory. I love soccer. And when you go to some soccer games in Europe, when the game is over, people literally flail themselves on the ground because they're so excited it's over because they won the game. They're exhausted. And Jesus right here has the biggest victory cry. And that's why we call it Good Friday. I woke up this morning, and I thought about that. Like, we call it Good Friday, but we're here to worship someone that died on this day. We've come to a funeral and we say that's good. It's so backwards, but it's finished and it always will be. The debt for missing the mark, missing that mark, came through Jesus Christ. Our tab is paid on our behalf. The tab with God is changed. Second Corinthians 5.21 says, For our sake... He made him to be sin who knew no sin so that that in him we might become the righteousness of God. So have you laid your will? On this Good Friday, have you laid your will in front of God for God's will in return? Jesus didn't miss the mark, we did. He paid the tab. So the, the reflection that I had Started with me trying to stop earning my way because Jesus already accomplished it. It's finished already. He did what we cannot, a perfect sacrifice. So I've been processing this passage and I came up with three things I want to share. They're really quick. Three things. I think this applies to us a lot. When it says it is finished, one, tell you a little bit about myself. I struggle to receive compliments. And I thought this was because I didn't want to be puffed up. But it's because I'm not resting in the reality that Jesus gave me undeserved favor. Because you don't want to, you don't receive a compliment if you don't think you deserve it, right? You're like, oh, that's weird. And, And he finished the grace I needed already. Maybe you need to hear that. Maybe you're hard on yourself. You're not gracious towards yourself. Or maybe you're not gracious towards others. Whatever it is, there's got to be more grace in your life. It is finished. What you didn't accomplish and can't accomplish, Jesus accomplished on your behalf. His grace towards you and his grace towards others. So Jesus gives us the grace we need. That's something we need in life. That's what Good Friday is about. We have grace now as a result, this undeserved favor from God. And then the second thing, Jesus was cut off from God, ever so temporarily, so I don't have to be, so we don't have to be. We have nothing to give. We come with empty hands. Imagine trying to talk to God about how good you are. You want to laugh really hard? You just come to God, oh, I did these seven things. I helped these people. I did this. We've got nothing to give. And we have no way to have relationship with God until Good Friday when Jesus was on the cross. We need to come to him with nothing because our works are nothing in comparison to his. It's finished. The time that we were cut off from God is finished. If you believe in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, that you've confessed your sin to him, it's finished. We can reach God. We can listen. God actually listens to us. Jesus gives the relationship we need. So he's given us the grace we need, the relationship we need. And then third, God loves us even though we bring nothing to the table. Jesus did it on our behalf. Jesus has taken what we have and made it infinitely more clean than it ever was. You know, when I was younger, I, I grew up in a family where my my grandfather on one side was in the military, my uncle was in the military. And if you've ever been in a military family, they have these white gloves, white cotton gloves. So if anyone's ever seen a white cotton glove, be scared. So if someone puts on a white cotton glove and goes into your teenager's room and kind of tries to figure out if you've dusted, it's really scary. It's all in comparison. Because some people are, we would call clean. Some people we would call dirty. In reality, all of us, when we come to Jesus Christ, he's pure, spotless, white. And when Jesus died on the cross, that is, that is the way that he is able to present us to God as his bride, the church, spotless and white. It's finished. Our desire to be like God, we can't do it. Jesus accomplished what only God could so we can be cleansed. And, and I think we don't think about this. He gave us the purity we need. And we use the word purity in, in one way, but the reality is our whole lives were changed by the cross, We couldn't go before God if we weren't pure in his eyes, and Jesus accomplished that on Good Friday.